So uh, overall, um, how have you do, how have you been doing throughout the pandemic? It's crazy times over here. I'm in uh, I'm in Canada, but North America is ridiculous. So what's it like over there? Um, yeah, much the same. Like obviously, when it first kicked off here, yeah, it was a very crazy world. Everyone was sort of you know always you know a bit unsure as to what was happening. Obviously, businesses were closing down, people were dying. Like we were in quarantine. Yeah, it, it's definitely a very crazy world and a you know a very crazy time to be living in. Um, we do have one of our states, Victoria, down south, that's in like full lockdown at the moment, just because their cases spiked and um, you know there's yeah it's running pretty rampant down there. So and we've got border closures between Queensland and New South Wales, where um, yeah you can't you, you can't go interstate. Um, yeah, no, it's where we are um, for the most part. Like yeah, daily life, um, you know, is pretty normal. But yeah, obviously. COVID still very much um, on the top of everyone's minds. How has it uh, impacted your training? Obviously, I mean, you, you haven't fought in a little while, but uh, how has training been throughout the entire thing? Well, um, I'm lucky at the moment. So for a while, their gyms had closed down. Um, and yeah, so we, I'm lucky because I've got a, like a full gym set up in my garage. So yeah, we were doing a lot of training and, um, you know, I'd have, you know, teammates and coaches come around to my house and and I just had more specific sessions, which yeah, kind of suited yeah, it suited me. It was awesome. I was lucky I was able to do that. So we trained the whole way through COVID, um, and now gyms are open back up. So yeah, they've been open for a while now. So yeah, training is as per normal. I'm uh, I'm glad we ended up pushing this uh, interview a little bit because we started talking a little bit before the announcement. That was big. <laughs> so how does that how does it feel to uh, to know you're fighting for the featherweight title against someone like Chris Cyborg? Oh, well, um, as I've said in other interviews, yeah, this fight alone um, sort of wraps up four career goals, like winning this um, Bellator World title and obviously beating Chris Cyborg. And, yeah, it encapsulates a lot of, you know, makes me a, a dual champion in combat sports with being a boxing world champion and a um, MMA world champion. So, yeah, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of drive for me to, you know, obviously achieve and success, succeed in um, in this fight. So, yeah, being the underdog even makes it even, um, yeah, more rewarding. <laughs> how did you get the news? Like, wh who was it that called you and, and uh, how excited were you when you found out? Um, well, we kind of knew about it because obviously Chris and Julia fought earlier in the year yeah. and, you know, Scott Coker made, um, you know, some, dropped some hints as to who would be next in line, which... You know, we've been working hard since, you know, dropping that um, split decision loss to Julia back in 2017. So, yeah, we did what we had to do, which was, you know, beat whoever was put in front of me. And, you know, for the most part, there was, um, you know, some quick finishes and some impressive, you know, impressive wins and that. So, yeah, we just stayed on our path. And, I mean, if, it, you know, Chris hadn't have been signed, I would have got a shot at the title earlier. But it just works in my favour, the fact that she came over from the UFC. And, and now I get that fight rather than, you know, everyone was always saying, when are you going to fight Chris Sabo? When are you going to fight Amanda Nunes? It's like, well, they're in a different promotion. You know, I'm staying on my path. This is, um, you know, Bellator's where I belong and, um, you know, that's where I'm signed to. So, yeah, it, it all worked in my favour in the sense that I've been chasing that fight with Chris for a long, long time now. And, um, yeah, we've been preparing for it, obviously, both physically and mentally since the beginning of the year when we, you know, we found out. I've heard uh, interviews from guys like Alexander Gustafson when they fought um, John Jones. And he's like, I don't even care about the title. I want to beat John Jones to be able to say I've beat the greatest of all time. 
yeah. you're in a very similar position where Chris Cyborg, to many, is the greatest female um, combat sport athlete of all time. D- does it feel to you like that's bigger than the title, or are you just, you know, the world title still means more to you than a win over Chris um, Cyborg? No, it's all, yeah, it's all much the same. Like I said, it's, um, you know, career goals that I've written up a long time ago. So, yeah, the fight itself and the fact that it's all come about in this way. So, like I said, you know, I've, I would have been fighting for the Bellator world title against Julia um, if Chris hadn't have been signed. But I feel like even though I've got unfinished business with Julia, um, you know, that, that fight's still very much a fight that I want as well. But, um, yeah, I just feel like it's all just fallen into place and, and yeah, it, this is meant to be. So, um, yeah, the fight itself, um, you know, being for the world title, being against Chris Cyborg, being that it's going to yeah tick off some of my career goals and, and set you know my legacy in place um yeah it all it just all means everything <laughs> i want to uh, i want to uh, you know a lot of people like to talk about their wins but i want to i want to focus on those two losses to julia uh they were both very very close what is the biggest lessons you've learned from those fights that you're that's going to help you um come october um yeah so the first fight with julia um like it was a loss um in saying that though I was carrying a pretty severe injury coming into that fight. So for me, um, you know, there was a lot of times during fight camp where I was, you know, I considered sort of pulling out, but it's not anything that I've done in fights before I've, ca- you know, carry injuries. And I've, I've had a lot of opponents pull out on me in the past and I know it's a horrible feeling to get that news. And I just have always thought that that's not the fighter that I'm going to be. Like I'll fight, you know, rain, hail or shine pretty much. Um, because, yeah, my, my take on it is, you know, the gladiators used to fight back in the day and they were never feeling, well, half of them were starving most of the time. But, um, yeah, like they were never feeling in top shape, let alone have a chance to train for 10 weeks before a fight camp, for fighting to the death. So, yeah, that's a mindset I've always had. So, yeah, I carried a severe injury coming into that fight. So, for me, there was a lot of mental hurdles that I overcome myself personally. Um so to get in there and compete and, and not look like a total mess in there, like, I mean, you wouldn't even know I was carrying an injury. So um, apart from I was carrying a little bit of extra weight, that was, um, I, I made weight, but I looked terrible. I was um, out of condition um, just because obviously fight camp wasn't as, um, wasn't what it was normally like. But the second fight for the world title, I, um, yeah, like looking back, obviously it was a split decision and, and very, very close and, um, you know, my corner and my coaches who who were with me then at that fight, you know, had sort of assured me that I'd done enough and I thought I'd done enough. But in saying that, the lesson that I took is that even when you think you've done enough, you should do more. Like I walked out of a five-round fight and could have gone, you know, another five rounds. Well, maybe not another five rounds. <laughs> but like, yeah, for me, um, and especially with Chris, I know that this fight and, and that, you know, fighting Julie is also a tough fight, but I mean, Chris is, you know, a, a beast of an, uh, a fighter. And yeah, I'll be walking, actually, yeah, if it need be, I'll be getting carried out of the cage. I will leave it all in there. And I think that was the biggest thing that I had to um, overcome after losing was that I hadn't prepared, well, you don't prepare yourself to lose, but yeah, I wasn't losing that fight. But the fact that when I um, did lose it, I was disappointed that I just didn't give it everything. I should have given it more just to, you know, cement in the judge's eyes that I won. You've, uh, it's been a year since you last fought. I know that lots happened with the pandemic and whatnot. 
How do you think ring rust is gonna is gonna play a factor both with with, with you and Chris? I mean, it's neither one of you guys have really been um, overly active, so it will affect both of you. But how do you think it's gonna impact your performance? Well, I think um, with everything that's going on anyway, it's going to be a whole new environment. As in, we're fighting without a crowd, yeah. so it doesn't. Yeah, it, it's it's different. You know, COVID's changing uh, or has changed how our fight week's going to go. Um, you know, it's all, you know, the quarantine, the fight sphere, like it's, it's going to be different anyway. So I don't think, um, you know, it wouldn't have mattered if we fought, you know, four months ago and it was, you know, like normal, it's, this is still going to be different anyway. So it's something that, you know, we, I've mentally prepared for. And at the end of the day, I'm like, fight camp for me, I've changed things up a lot. I'm throwing myself in the deep end. Um, like I'm actually down in Wollongong at the moment training um, with Alex, Bol- Alex Volkanovski and his um, team. And man, they feel like I'm having a fight every night when I'm jumping in, like, you know, sessions with them. So yeah, like, you know, I was over in um, in America in March and I and I started a bit of a training camp over there with Holly and the plan was to come over, go back over and train at Jackson's and do it like a full camp there. And obviously it would have worked out perfect because she's in fight camp for her fight in October. But um, quarantine, so quarantine COVID and um, everything just kind of left things up in the air as to be able to plan like a proper camp and have dates set because we just really didn't know what was happening. So, but yeah, no, for the most part, like I think, yeah, I mean, you can't, obviously competition's um, ideal, but for the most part, I've been training hard enough and throwing myself mentally into the hard sessions that, you know, there shouldn't be too much ring rust. I want to talk a little bit about your legacy. And, um, you know, when you think about Australian MMA, Mark Hunt, um, you're right there. Um, there, There's all these, um, you know, big, big names in Australia. What's the one message that you'd have for up-and-comers, both male and female, that look up to you? Um, Just stay on the path. Like I'm the first one. I've had a roller coaster of a career, and you know, by no means am I, you know, I, at one stage I had more losses than I did wins. And um, but yeah, you just stay true to yourself and the goal. Like this is, like especially if you lo- love it and you have a passion for it, which you have to to, you know, be in combat sports. It's a hard, hard thing. But with anything in life, um, it not nothing's going to be smooth sailing. So you just stick with it and, um, yeah, take each training session each day um day by day session by session like you try not to focus i've made the um the mistake in the past to focus on the end goal so for example you know this fight would be you know focusing on you know the end fight which is fighting chris cyborg becoming the world champion but in the well i've been training this for a long time but say in the 10 weeks leading up to it you know breaking each day down each session down and enjoying because you know every session or every day has a a beautiful lesson or message in it that you can stop and appreciate and you know take that whereas if you just wish that 10 weeks away and focus only on the fight itself you'll miss all of these little things along the 10 weeks and you know for someone like me too who is a little bit older and you know towards somewhat towards the end of her career i'm not saying i'm at the end of my career but you know one day i'm going to look back or i do sort of focus, you know focus on life after fighting too but one day i'll look back on these moments and you know, miss being in fight camp, miss being around my teammates, um, miss the sore body, probably won't miss that part, but, you know, miss being an elite athlete that's physically fit, that's at the top of the game. And, you know, they're all the little things that you need to stop and appreciate because this doesn't last forever. And you can't just rely on only enjoying being under the bright lights because, you know, there's so much more to it. 
So Australian MMA right now, I think, is at its peak. It's 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 bigger than it's ever been. You guys like Robert Whitaker, Izzy, the, the list goes on and on. There's so many names. Alexander Volkanovsky, another one. Um, why do you think right now Australian MMA is booming? Do you think it was people like you, people like Mark Hunt, Daniel Kelly, that really started this rise in Australian MMA? Or why do you think now is the time that you're starting to see so much success from Australian MMA fighters? Um. I think it's just the way that the sport's evolved too. And I was listening. So my coach, James Dehuda, he was another one that, you know, yeah. paved the way for um, like fighters. He was in the you know early days of UFC. And um, I was listening to an interview of his last night and he was even um, saying that, you know, like he um, was at the beginning of UFC sort of thing. And he, you know, would watch like a, a film clip or, or, you know, see a newspaper article or read something in a magazine and he'd cut it out or he just, you know, watch it and replay it over and over. Whereas now there is so much content on, um, you know, techniques and skills and drilling and the um, access that we have to each other. So like, you know, I could fly over. I've been to Jackson Winks a few, Winks a few times and trained there. I've trained over at Tiger Muay Thai. Um, yeah, we all can sort of... Um, interchange um you know knowledge and yeah and i just feel like yeah we realize now that you know we've got some really good coaches here in australia too and you know and yeah by no means is there any reason why an australian is any less athletic than anyone else in the world we've just yeah put our heads down and um you know there's amazing fighters all over the world um and it's just yeah that was always how it was going to happen once sort of you know um it, they stepped off the American shores and and found all these fighters from around the world. One of the thing is one of the things I've always noticed about uh, Australian fighters is they may go do a training camp in the United States or like you mentioned in Thailand or wherever it may be, but they always end up back home. Um, when you think about guys like Michael Bisping, they go and they move to the U.S. Lots of Brazilian fighters move to the U.S. Why do you think that is? Is it just you're proud of being Australian? You want the success to come from the camps in Australia? Why do you think that is? Um, not giving any um, disrespect to any other country, but we live in a beautiful country. We, we're very, very lucky to be um, Australians. Um, our government system, our medical system, everything, um, and it's just a beautiful country. We've got like we're we've got coastline all around us. Um, but yeah, I, I guess for me, like I mean, it was never a question to even think about moving overseas. Um, I've got a family, I've got two children, um, you know, they're in school and everything like that. And for the most part, like, I mean, yeah, Rob Whitaker's got a family here. Alex, Alex Volkanovsky's got a family here. Like, it's not, um, we do have some, you know, international fighters. I know, like, uh, you know, Megan Anderson moved yeah. over to America. Jesse Jess is over there. Um, but, yeah, like, it's, I guess because, yeah, we've just got the chance to go over and travel and do fight camps and then come home and, you know, be with our families and live our lives here and, um but in saying that, we've got some awesome gyms here in Australia too that um, you know allow us to be able to train and, and do what we need to do here. I'll ask you a couple more, and then I'll uh, I'll let you get going to training. So the 145 pound division is probably the shallowest overall in in women's MMA. Why do you think that is, and how do you think um, like what's the best way for both Bellator or UFC? How do they grow these divisions? Um, well, I guess it was just, I mean, yeah, once upon a time, the bantamweight division, you know, was yeah. the be-all and end-all, obviously, because of the Ronda um, era. Um, I don't, 
like yeah, I guess the UFC it's a shallow division, but yeah. I mean Bellator have got a you know a, a fair few um, you know one forty five girls signed, so it's just a matter of you know I think well female MMA's obviously been on the grow like up and up since you know mm-hmm. when I, when I first started, so um, you know you'll probably see in another five or ten years there'll be more girls coming up um, you know through it's a more common thing to see um, you know females in the gym training and. Obviously, the more these younger generations see, you know, females on the world stage and, you know, fighting on the main event, um, fighting main card, fighting for world titles. And, um, yeah, it's, it, there's going to be more interest in it. So, yeah, I, I think it'll just some, it'll be something that just grows, um, hopefully. <laughs> All right, I'll ask you one last question, non-MMA related. So, obviously, you've, uh, you've fought for a long time. What sorts of things do you do outside of MMA to kind of keep your mind off? occupied especially during the hard times of the past like year or so yeah um i'm lucky i've got a good divide in um you know um it's funny because i'm actually waiting for because you know there's a lot of a lot of haters on the mma scene that follow it so i'm you know even when the the chris cyborg fight got announced it was like oh i know chris cyborg by murder and you know obviously i'm not getting a lot of credit for what i've done and this and that and it's all part of the sport i don't care i don't take anyone on board but I do promote the fact, like, I'm a soccer mum. <laughs> My son's a very, very good soccer player that's going to go places in his career. And you know what? I'm a soccer mum. But, um, yeah, no, I'm a mother of two kids. They take up my time um, and a lot of my attention and focus. Because, yeah, like I said in another interview, at the end of the day, um, it doesn't matter what I do in my fight career. Um, nothing will ever, um, over like, to come, you know, um, past the fact that I'm a mum. Like, that's my number one priority. I'm a partner too. He's my other priority. So, yeah, family life very much takes, um, you know, our household at the moment obviously is very much focused on the fact that I've got a fight. But we do a very good job of, um, you know, both my partner and my son are both soccer players. So they spend a lot of time um, training every week as well. So when we get home, the last thing we want to talk about is soccer or, or fighting. Obviously, it comes up in conversations. Yeah. It's not like, you know, you close the door and be like, that's it. You don't talk about it. Just like, you know, you talk about work or whatever. But um you know i've got a job he's got jobs i've got other little side things that i do in life i coach i mentor um yeah I, you know i do little do it do a diy projects at home um you know i read meditate just yeah i'm still very much a girl and it's one of the comments that um i sort of made to someone the other day that you know you meet up with someone and the first question's always like you know how's training going or when's your next fight or um, you know, it's always very fight based. I'm like, yeah, oh, I'm a person too. <laughs> so, you know, it's either that or how's the kids? And I was like, okay, what about just normal me? But yeah, no, yeah, I've very got, much got a, a personal life outside of fighting and um, I can separate myself from the two of them, which is good. All right. Well, thank you very, very much for the time. Uh, I know you're extremely busy now. Um, I think we're, we're a month out today. Oh, today. Yeah. Here. I don't know what date is there, um, but we're, we're about a month out, so uh, I know you're extremely busy, so I really appreciate you taking the time. All the best with training. Stay safe, and uh, I'm rooting for you. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. All right. All the best.